Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today we have an Amber case. Yes. And you haven't told me a lick about it. I haven't told you anything. There's been no text messages. I'm just sitting here anxiously, a little nervous, because I feel like I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I have been a vault of secrets this week. You have. And our listeners at least get to read the description if they want to beforehand. Yeah. I don't, you didn't even send me a description. Yeah, I've got nothing. nothing. <laughs> No idea. You might as well just blindfold me and smack me on the ass because it's all going to be a surprise. <laughs> Actually, that's my plan for the oh, end of this. So perfect. get ready. <laughs> No. So so this case, actually, I do have to say thank you to Jim because um, he suggested this case and I really enjoyed researching it. Well, thanks, Jim. Yes, a big thank you. Um, I hadn't heard of this before, uh, so it was completely new to me. It's a good one. It's a unique situation. It's not the like typical, typical case what we do. Okay. Yeah, that, that we have. This Case takes place in 1981 in Skidmore, Missouri. That is a great name. It really Skidmore. is. Skidmore. So, kind of sounds like something you do in your pants. Kind of doesn't. You know I what? don't know. It actually really does. So Skidmore, if you didn't guess it, is a super small town. The The population at the time was 437 Holy residents. Holy shit. So we think our town is small. I have more Facebook friends than that. Yes. <laughs> Skidmore is some mall. Okay. It's surrounded by cornfields and country land. So we're talking, you know, maybe the ball of twine. Like, yeah. Um, or the, the, what are those things called? Bale? Uh, that, that go across the road and like, oh, I know what you're talking about. A tumbleweed. Tumbleweed, yes. The tumbleweed, like, that's what I envisioned. All right. Blowing across the road. It's very, very Anyone is from there or like near there, shout us out. Because I feel like we've arrived at having a wide range of listeners if we get someone from there. Absolutely. So small. And I want to know if there is tumbleweed. Yeah. There's probably not even in Missouri. I don't, I don't know, but. That was in my head. It's pretty flat. I bet there's tumbleweed. I would. I hope so. Typically, we have sympathy for our victims, right? Yeah. I mean, usually our cases are, you know, very unfortunate for the victims. So I have a case for you that I don't know that you're going to have much sympathy for our victim today because he's kind of a dumpster person. Really? Um, Not not so much kind of. He's a terrible person. I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) Didn't we just say uh, last week about how we never find cases where the victim wasn't this amazing? We did. We literally were like, why can't it be a garbage person (laughs) in this time? Wow. We have one. We have a garbage person. This is different. This is the case of Ken Rex McElroy. I love the name McElroy. It's uh, honestly, it does have a ring to it. it if it wasn't this person, I know a gentleman with the last name McElroy. Really? I call him Mac. Okay. Yeah. He's not listening. He's like in his 80s. And not a garbage person. No, he's delightful. <laughs> a great person. So, yeah, Ken is not going to be our favorite uh, human. So, just a heads up on okay. that. So, I'm going to tell you, of course, about Ken and paint the picture for you of what kind of person he, he was. 
Okay. And this will help you better understand why why we don't have we don't feel bad okay. for him. All you, right. you will very quickly um, know what I'm talking about. So Ken Rex McElroy was born on June 1st of 1934. I don't love that he is a Gemini. Like yeah, himself, he's sharing that with you. Okay. He is. McElroy was the 15th of 16 children. Yikes. Born to poor sharecroppers. So his family was pretty poor. They didn't have much money. At first when you said poor, I thought you were like saying poor, his poor mother. Uh, and I was well, like, her, probably. Her name is Cher what? <laughs> poor. They were sharecroppers okay. and I read farmers. I don't know yeah. if that's the same thing. Yes. Honestly, I didn't know what sharecroppers were, but they did a lot of farming. They end up moving to Skidmore. I'm assuming for the farming because I don't know that there's a lot of jobs like popping in that yeah. area with that many people they basically started the town of skidmore is what you're they telling probably me. did with this they family took an entire <laughs> community like, here's half of the population yes. and with my kids yeah that's so that's a lot of children and especially to I be know. poor i'm sure they struggled true story my great grandma had 18 wow i know she was a bad bitch. Them out. she was yeah that I, I you are a badass if you can have that many kids 18 children mm-hmm. yeah for sure so Ken dropped out of school when he was 15. He was believed in to be about the eighth grade at that time. Yeah, very common. It was also thought that he couldn't read or write, like, at all. Okay. He was pretty illiterate mm-hmm. from, what I, from what I read. So after dropping out of school, Ken began a career of burglary and cattle. He would rustle cattles and hogs. Um, oh, yeah, he'd steal them. So, yep, he was mm-hmm. he was a thief at a young you're age. You're like, I'm like, yeah, oh, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking <laughs> the about. Cattle the, rustling. The I farm know girl it. in me is like, you motherfucker, you're stealing someone yeah, else's you livestock. Yep. Yeah. So you know you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. He was he That's was a little no-no. shady from the beginning. I guess so. And then when he was 18 years old, he suffered a head injury, and a large slab of steel fell onto his head. He was Holy working shit. a um, construction yeah. job of some kind. And so Yikes. apparently things went badly. That'll do it. Yeah. A large slab of steel right to the head. It went well. Mm-hmm. So despite his his limited skills, he actually makes a decent living doing a variety of shady things. Okay. So he had the some kind of farmland he would lease uh, property to other people. So he made some money mm-hmm. doing that. That's probably the least shady of yeah, that's okay. his tasks. Everyone does that. Today, he Not um, everyone, but I mean, lots of people, people do that do today. It. Yep, yep, that's okay. Thing. So he traded, and and he would race dogs, and he would also steal livestock, grain, gasoline, and antiques, and resell them for profit. I see. So he was a little bit of a, a hustler, He's swindling. Yep. And so after the head injury, can he develops a history of violent behavior? So now he's always been in trouble you know, since he had quit school. But after that head injury, you know, he really starts to have Escalate. Some, some problems. So steel to the noggin yep. changed his behaviors, escalated his behaviors. So in this town, which, like we said, very tiny town, very few people, but he essentially becomes known as the town bully of Skidmore. Oh. And I read another article that said even calling him a bully does not begin to describe the things that he did. Like, he was a horrible person. So he was a straight-up asshat. Yes, he was. Everybody was afraid of Ken in the town. Even law enforcement reported to have been afraid of Ken. All I was, I was picturing, like, this little pipsqueak of a man. I don't know why, but apparently not. Funny that you're leading into my next part. Oh. Ken was actually a very large man. He was described as very tall 
I did not catch his exact height. I don't think that that was really documented. Mentioned, but well over six foot. Okay. Uh, two hundred and about two hundred and seventy pounds. Oh yeah. So he was a he was he's a, a good, girthy fellow. Yeah, he's a okay. big boy. All right, um, McElroy. And so I think his size and height also, you know, he was sure. able to intimidate people. Definitely. With that. I wouldn't know what that's like, but I imagine it feels very powerful. I don't either. <laughs> I have to use my sarcasm and wit to intimidate people. Um, so one of the articles I read described him as a big man with sideburns. And he did. I love that we're mentioning the sideburns. Yes. And he did have, I, I looked pictures up, like the pork Like the chops. chops. I was just yes. going to tell me he had the chops. Oh, he had the chops. I think I even saw a picture of him in bibs, which I was, that Ab- was hard for me. Oh. oh. A big man in bibs. I just With chops. With chops. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how I feel when about that. When you say it's hard for you, it's because it turned you on or it turned you off? Bibs. I, I struggle with, with oh. some bibs. Okay. All right. <laughs> on a ma'am. On a man. On, on a man. Yes. Well, no, you had cute bibs I was on. Like, wait, I just wore some shorts. You had short like the bibs. shorts. These yeah. Were not, these were like the, you know. I got you straight up off the farm bibs. Straight. Yes. Yeah. They're they were very like farm practical bibs. for farmers okay. though. We'll let it slide because he, he did farm. Yeah. All right. Back Fair off enough. a string bean. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough, Ken. We'll let it slide. <laughs> Even if it was cringeworthy, yes. it was it was relevant for I him to be wearing chops, them. It was just I, a bad combo. You don't see a lot of bibs and chops. Right. So I was picturing more like chops in a white rolled up t-shirt with jeans. Not so much for okay. Ken. All right, all right. Not so much. Going with the old bibs. Ken was constantly committing crimes in this town. He was indicted 21 times total, but convicted only once. Oh, my gosh. And this, some of the stuff when I was reading, I'm like, how did this happen? But it did. So the crimes he was accused of, are they're pretty bad. I mean, some of the things are, are truly horrible. He was accused of robbery, molestation, Ooh. arson, harassing and assaulting women, oh. statutory rape, no. the cattle rustling. Okay. Burglary. When you sh- put cattle rustling after rape, <laughs> I know it, it just doesn't, doesn't have, hold. It doesn't strongly. It's not the same weight. It hits different. <laughs> but he was not only assaulting women, but he was rustling the cattle. He was stealing things, and he he shoots two people. And we'll get to that. Oh shit! So he 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 got away with nearly all of this in Skidmore. Wow, Skidmore. Step it up. Yes. But they're scared yes. of him. Yep. And, you know, being that small town, I don't know what the law enforcement was like around there. But It was a man. It sounds, yes. He was 5'8", 125 I'm, pounds. I'm picturing somebody, like, from the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I don't just, know. And not, not to insult them or anything, but it sounds like this man was just running the no, show. But, yeah, and when you think about it, small towns don't have the same resources financially to necessarily fund a big police force and given the size i think you're right it was probably like one person yeah that was and the sheriff yeah or, you know and at this and really you got to remember the times you're talking and he was born in the 30s and you know this happened to him in the 80s like that was a wild time to be alive mm-hmm. in be in the criminal yeah, just system. that time like, frame, it, it, you're, it, you're it right. It was so different than it is now. We've had many cases where we're like, how did this stuff happen? Yeah. Well, this is another one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the shooting, the, this first one. We'll get to the other one later. So in 1976, a farmer by the name of Romaine Henry told the police that McElroy shot him twice in the stomach mm. after he told 
this is the part that gets me. McElroy was on this farmer's property, and he, and the farmer told McElroy to get off of his property, sure, and then, as one does, and then he ends up. The farmer gets shot in the stomach. Well, twice. Ins- instead of getting off your property, I'm going to shoot, shoot you. Shoot you, and he ends up living, which is amazing. Um, so McElroy was charged with assault with intent to kill. The case was it dragged on and on, which you'll see they, they often do. So what McElroy would, would do in these situations is he would harass people. Um, like he would sit outside their houses with his gun oh, and Lord. watch them and sit there all night. And just sit there and be intimidating. And intimidate them. And so this is kind of what, you know, what he was doing in this situation. And when the, f- the case finally went to trial, McElroy was acquitted. Two raccoon hunters said McElroy was with them the day of the shooting. Oh, two raccoon raccoon hunters. <laughs> they were hunting raccoons. They were hunting raccoons, and they so he, he approached them and was like, say I was with you or I'm going to kill you. Absolutely. And so probably, I mean, if he was threatening this other farmer too, Definitely. he was probably like, oh, all right. He had the I don't want you to town. shoot me again. Yeah. So, like, you shot a man in, a, in the stomach twice. I'm not about to mess with you. Exactly. So for decades, this man avoided any conviction at wow. all. Um, and we talked about he, he would get away with many of these from the intimidation. He would um, approach the witnesses abruptly and, and threaten them that they better change their stories because, mm. you know, if, if not, he'd sit out with his shotgun. He'd fire up into the air outside their houses. I mean... I and can't just, imagine. And I'm, he literally does all the things from thieving to raping. Yes. Like, I can't all of the imagine things. those poor women. And like, I can't tell, you know. I know. And can you the imagine? The way he would tell that you can't tell anybody or I'm going to kill you. And you believe it. Uh-huh. Just the act of being shot or raped or assaulted. It's so traumatic. And to then have that man who's still free out there sitting outside your house. Yep. And it said he would like stare at them from outside in his oh truck. Oh, my God. So creepy. Like, you're just in your house, and he's just, like, out there in his truck staring. Nope. Yeah. So. This bear of a man with his bibs and pork chops. And his chops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's got to be it's gonna be terrifying. So Ken was also known to brag about getting away with things because. Of course he did. So he had a Kansas City lawyer by the name of Richard Gene McFadden, who was alleged to represent the mob as Listen, well. Dick McFadden. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Dick didn't play around. Uh, he was able to keep, uh, he was able to keep Ken out of jail. Yeah, uh, pretty much all the time. He must have been a darn good lawyer because so. every time um, Richard would swoop in and he would save the day, and Ken would brag about it. He's like, "I've got this fancy lawyer. You can't touch me. Right. You can't do anything." My lawyer's name is literally Dick McFadden. Like, you're yeah. not messing with that. Yeah, he's like Good old Richard. You got a Richard problem? Jean? Talk to Dick. Talk to my Dick Gene McFadden over here. <laughs> so he he yep he'd get out of everything. <laughs> Wouldn't so, it be kind of funny though if he was like, "I'm gonna need you to talk to my Dick." <laughs> and then look, excuse me. My lawyer. My lawyer's name's Richard. Don't talk to me. Talk to <laughs> Dick. Talk to, okay. Talk to my Dick. <laughs> a lawyer, people. <laughs> I'd like to think he said that. I now want a lawyer named Richard. Just so I can tell me. Yes. <laughs> it's a must if I ever have legal troubles. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this is where it gets gross. I'm just going to give you a heads up. All right. So Ken McElroy fathered at least 10 children with oh. several women. Consensually 
So those rape accusations that we mentioned earlier, he was accused of raping at least two girls, both being 12 years old. Oh, my God. Which one he was said to have married to keep... Actually, I correct myself. He was said to have married both of the girls to keep them from testifying against him. One of those girls was Trina McLeod. And I cannot get over this part. So he met Trina because he was dating her mother at the time. Ew. Trina was 12. Icky. He's gross. Icky. He, he's gross. Can we speed up to 1981 when he dies? <laughs> right. We are getting I'm ready to, that. to get there. Do you see what I mean? Though? Yes. It's like, ugh, this guy. I love that you have, you found one. You <sighs> we found, found someone one. we won't have empathy for. Okay. So... So Abilene. now I don't want to date your mama. Yeah. yeah. And, and the mom was just like, oh, you're breaking up with me for my daughter? That's the part where I didn't find a lot of the details other than um, when they do end up marrying. Her mother does, like, okay that. I don't know what the situation was. I don't know if it was the threatening because there is more. We're going to get to that. It had to have been. Because what he does is pretty, it's pretty horrible. Just can't um, imagine that conversation. Yeah, so I'm done seeing you, but I'm gonna go ahead and start your seeing your 12 year old daughter. Your child. You cool with that? Yeah. So oh. McElroy and and Trina began having sex when she was 12, and by 14 she was pregnant with his child. I want to vomit. She moved in with him. So Trina actually she ends up becoming his third wife. He was married a couple times before, and she's actually the one that's that's with him at the time of his death. I think they were together for wow. quite a while. I think yeah. she was 24 at the time that he died. Wow. So she grew up in her teen years yeah, so, with this man. You know, he went ahead and raised her. Yeah, I was thinking of that when I was like, okay, oh. he must have. I mean, they were together a while, and this was while she was essentially growing up. Absolutely. So hard to. I mean, I feel like I'm raising my husband, but I I met (laughs) him in a mental state. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not (laughs) physically. I've met him when he was a full grown adult. It's fine, but emotionally and mentally, I'm still raising him. He's still growing up. Yeah, yes. So quickly. Um, (laughs) Some days not so fast. (laughs) (laughs) So, so some of his marriages also overlap. Because he's married to some of these girls, it seems like at the same time. Okay. I don't know how that I, all how's worked. the legality of the yeah small courthouse. I don't know that there was much legal anything going on. Okay, in this, at this time we're just finding a preacher and threatening him and making him do the ceremony. Probably okay. So it was also known that McElroy preferred girls to be around thirteen or fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. We need a, th- a throw up sound effect. We really do. So after giving birth mm. and enduring abuse from McElroy, Trina, um, she felt like she couldn't take anymore, so she ran away f- to her mother's house. And if I didn't mention, and if you couldn't guess, there's abuse reported in, like, all of his relationships. Oh, sure. He was horrible to women. Yeah. So Trina runs away. She goes to her mother's house, and McElroy finds her there. He drags her home. He went back to Trina's mother's house, and... When she was away, this makes me so sad, he shoots her dog and burns her house down. Okay, motherfucker, now you've killed an animal. Now it's personal. I can't. Oh, and we have, all right. And now it's 1981, and he gets his, right? Yeah. It's, no. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to get his. Don't oh. you worry. But Why not part, just let the dog go, you I, jackass? Exactly. That part made me so sad to read because 
Can you imagine coming home, your dog is dead, and your house is burnt down? Because you tried to protect your daughter from this horrible man? Well, I have some thoughts, though. I mean, she tried to protect her daughter, but she also allowed her daughter to go. Yes. I don't know. There is that part, too. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that. She's like, I dated him, but now you can... You have my blessing to marry my daughter. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to wrap my brain oh, around that. Even in a small town, it's yeah. hard for me. Someone needs to shave those chops. He doesn't deserve the chops. He, he, just, he wax them, actually. Yes, exactly. Uh, pluck Fully them waxed. one by one. There we go. Now we're talking. Then move to the pubic area and see how tough he is then. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's a plethora of follicles oh, down there. So It's probably not a, a good sight. Probably not, but it would be painful. It, it would be. Okay, I'm going to share a, a few quotes from um, a man named Harry McLean. McLean, I don't know how to say the last name. But Harry actually, he lived in Skidmore for about three years, and he wrote a book about this case. It actually won qu- uh, quite a few awards. Oh. It's called In Broad Daylight. Oh, I didn't get a chance to read the book, but I did get some snippets from it. Mm-hmm. So just a couple I quotes. I love a good book shout out. Yeah. Supporting authors. Yes. I would actually like to read the whole thing. What he said about Mr. Ken is, and I quote, when the town of Skidmore saw a guilty man get acquitted in the legal system, they said, well, we're on our own here. Harry explained, these are the second and third generation farmers. They don't move. They just kind of cowered in their houses. So, I mean, he yeah. had the whole town kind of like under his thumb. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, think about being a second or third generation farmer. You're not just going to leave all that behind mm-hmm. because there's one scary man who runs the town. Th- that's your that, that's your home and you're staying yeah. there. And, and so, your legacy. And Yeah, another quote. So law enforcement was, a, he went on to say, law enforcement was afraid Juries wouldn't convict. He would scare the shit out of jurors, put rattlesnakes in their mailboxes. If you're a juror and you've got kid, if you've got a couple kids, you know McElroy is coming after you. What are you going to do? Wow. I didn't even think about that. In a town that small, mm-hmm. you know, you literally know everyone. So you know all the jurors. You know where they live. Yep. You know who their kids are. If you have kids on the line and you know this man's going to be sitting outside your house threatening you. Yeah. No, you're not convicting him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. Is this, this is this like crazy? the perfect storm. It really for is. For a psychopathic habitual offender. Mm-hmm. McElroy had had a beef with about everyone. When he came into town, everybody went home and called other people and said, go home, lock your door. So it's like he came in and the town would clear out. Oh my that's, gosh. That's the fear this man had put into people. And he probably loved it. That's yeah, what I'm sure it made him feel very powerful. He's like Voldemort walking through. Yeah. And this man is clearly all about the power and control, so yeah. he was probably feeling pretty big. Absolutely. Tell me, a, like a new sheriff comes into town and is like Kurt Russell or something, and just Don't you like, kind of picture that kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, like a tombstone situation. <laughs> yes. Val Kilmer rolling Kurt up and there. Val rolling. <laughs> yes, I am going to tell you that things do start to change. So in 1980, something happens. It's pretty significant. It starts to create the shift in this case. And in, in this town, store owner Ernest Bo, as they called him, Bowencamp, and his wife Lois, they landed in McElroy's sights after the couple caught one of McElroy's daughters um, stealing candy from their shop. And they simply asked her to return the candy, sure, you know, to them. Reasonable request. But so McElroy gets uh, word of this and he loses it. And he's like, you know. No, my, nobody's going to hold my daughter accountable yeah, for stealing. My Are you daughter me? is allowed to steal from your shop. 
So he stalks the couple. He starts following them. He starts watching them. And one day he showed up to the store with a shotgun. And in the back of the Bowen Camp store, McElroy shot the 70-year-old man in the throat. And here's, again, these these people must be the, the strongest farming community because this man lives what 70 year old man gets shot in the throat is he using a bb gun i don't know what is happening both of these people that that mcelroy shoots they survive wow which is great that they survived but this is the second time that ken has shot someone and so of course ken starts his antics which are getting so old to me at this point yeah he starts stalking the family threatening the bowen camps warning if they told what happened they would he would kill them all which i mean i would believe him at that point when no one's protecting you and you already shot the man in the throat right or be like but will you kill me because it seems like you've tried to kill two people so far and you kind of weren't successful somebody should have said that to him right this is where i'm telling you my mouth can get me in some real trouble He would sit outside and just fire his gun outside their house. And he was also able to delay the trial on this for five months. And during that time, so the prosecutor, this is when things kind of start to change. So during that time, the prosecutor in the case ends up leaving. And there was speculation that it was because Mm -hmm. McElroy Mm -hmm. was harassing and bullying him too. But he does end up leaving. And so there's a new prosecutor that comes into town. His name is David Baird, and he was just at a law school. Oh, um, boy. He had, like, three years at a law school, mm-hmm. so he's pretty new. Ready to prove himself to yep. the world. Yep. And so for the first time in his life, McElroy actually gets convicted. Now, <laughs> he gets convicted, but... So originally they were going to go for attempted murder, but the conviction that he actually gets, it ends up being second degree assault. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Second. So like the same as if somebody had, I don't know, punched somebody in the face and beat them up really bad that way. Mm-hmm. Second degree assault. That's the equivalent of being shot in the neck. Sure. So when I was reading about this, the mindset with the conviction was that that. The prosecutor wanted to make sure there was a conviction, and they were afraid if they went for the other charge, it with everybody stick. being afraid of him, they he wouldn't get it. So they wanted, I guess, the mindset something was something attainable. Something, yes. The goal was, I I uh. want this man to have a conviction because he gets away with everything. So that's what they end up going with. And here's here's the other part. So. Ken ends up getting a maximum sentence of two years, and then the judge um, ends up freeing him. He had a forty thousand dollar bond, <laughs> and he ended up ends up appealing, and um, he is set free. What? From this. I know. I cannot make this up. I wish I was. This is actually a oh. quote from. Ken McElroy regarding this trial. The jury convicted me and they gave me two years, but I'll tell you what, I'll never go to jail. I'll appeal and I'll get off. I've been fighting the law since I was 13 and I'm damn near 50. I've been arrested for over 53 felonies and this was the first one I've ever lost. So oh he's my like, God. come at me. Uh, yeah, I'll absolutely. just appeal it. I've got my big Richard Dick yeah. lawyer here. <laughs> You're going to have to go through Dick to get to that's me. That's right. So he, even then he's just like, oh, it's one time and I'm not going to jail. Like he knew he wasn't going to jail. Gosh, I wonder if his lawyer did any threatening and intimidating and stuff from people he knew as well. 
Okay, I wonder yeah. if it was more than just good old McElroy here mm-hmm. being scary. That's a good, good question. So just days after he walks free on bail, McElroy swaggered into the D&G, which... Um, that's like his hangout. I don't know if I had mentioned that. I may have skipped no, over it. No, I wanted it. to know what the D&G so was. That's like the Here local it's the Dollar bar. General. All right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the local bar that he would hang out at. Uh-huh. He'd go drink there. So he, he sways in carrying d- a rifle. Right down to the dirty and grungy. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and this is so, this would be so insulting to the people in the town. Like he comes in. He's carrying his rifle. This is a clear violation of his bond terms. Yeah. Patreons called the prosecutor who ends up revoking McElroy's bail. So a hearing was then again scheduled, but McElroy's attorney keeps getting it delayed. Again, Dick oh coming in. Yep. He's coming, He's coming in, in, hot. in strong. Yep. <laughs> so meanwhile, McElroy learned the names of three witnesses that were scheduled to testify in this upcoming trial that he's supposed to have. And they were prepared to say that they saw McElroy come into the bar yeah, um, with a weapon. With a gun. So the night before that hearing, McElroy's attorney landed a two-week continuance. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. And so that's when people start to lose their shit. This town has, like, had it. Yeah. <laughs> So we need to get be like on Beauty and the Beast where Gaston comes in and just gets the town rallied up against the beast. Like, where is the town? The town is coming. Get your pitchforks and torches, people. The town is coming. It's coming. So they actually had about 40 or 50 people that were going to protect these witnesses for this trial. Like the town had prepared. And so then this, again, it gets extended and they're like, oh my God, we can't do this. Right. We can't do this anymore. Meanwhile, McElroy still has all of his guns, all of his rifles. They're fearing for these witnesses that now he knows the names of. And yeah. they're not having this trial. And so yeah, there's just time for him to go time. harass them. For sure. The people at this time, they're like, they're done and done. They're like, this is enough. So they begin meeting to talk about how they're going to protect themselves. And so they spoke to the sheriff, who wasn't much help. He suggested that they form a neighborhood watch group. Uh- Right awesome. Yep. Thank you, Thank Hall you, Monitor. <laughs> he's he's probably input. like, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. I can't help you here either. For sure. So the people, they got together in this, I love this part, they got themselves a, a meeting at the American Legion Hall. to The Legion. To here come up with a again. plan. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lo- love me some American Legion. <laughs> so they re- realized they basically, they've got to take this into their own hands. One of the meeting attendees quoted... We simply felt the system had failed us. We knew what McElroy was like, and there he was again and again. It seemed like nobody could stop him. Yeah. So. Right on, man. Right. So someone tells uh, Mr. Ken what's going on, and so he headed oh, up into sake. town. Why? Right. Come Who is on. the mold? Is it the sheriff? Is it? I don't know. I'm not. Perhaps. I don't know. Someone. But somebody Someone. told him what was going on, so he heads into town, dragging his wife, Trina, along. Oh, poor The Trina. two go into the D&G. They sure. start drinking. As one does. As one does. It was a very hot July day. And a, a quote from Harry McLean that, that wrote the book, it wasn't going to end well, that was for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the hull, um, the, the humidity is thick in the thick. air. That's thick. You could cut it with a knife. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves. Everybody's no. grumpy in the humidity. For sure, everyone's hair looks like a chia pet. I can relate. Me too. Right now. Me too. <laughs> to that. So my hair has grown three <laughs> inches since we started this episode. I get it. They're at the bar during this. I mean, the meeting's still taking place, and so it didn't take long for word to spread that Trina. And, you know, Ken are drinking at the bar. Mm-hmm. So the meeting adjourns. At the Legion. And at, at the Where Legion. Where they've probably also been drinking. Yes. <laughs> I would like to think that they were. <laughs> Definitely. So a crowd of about 60 people that they, they had all co- gone to this meeting at the Legion. So this was a big wow. meeting. This is half the town, people. <laughs> so they quietly descended to the D&G. Some of the people waited around McElroy's truck. And some of them went into the D and G and kind of just like sat around him, just waiting on for him to finish his drink. Uh-huh. And it's reported some of the people were saying stuff like, "Your days are numbered, and we've Ooh, got you now." Some heckling was a happening. little light heckling. This is like Gaston. So Trina looks at her husband and says, "Let's get out of here." And so the couple went outside to their truck, which was surrounded by the residents. And McElroy didn't say a word to them. He and Trina got in the truck. Uh, McElroy getting into the driver's side. Is he not such a big man when he's got numbers? I love that he has nothing to say. Yeah, this whole time. Math is against you. There are multiple people now. It's not just one little person for you to stare at and try to intimidate. Uh It's a whole grouping. Yep, nothing to say. No confrontation. No words. They get into the truck. Trina claimed to see a town resident come around the back of the truck with a rifle. This is my favorite quote. <laughs> Trina is reported to have said, Ken, they're going to shoot you. <laughs> Can you imagine being like the, the last word you hear? <laughs> Trina, you are so right, man. Trina, I, Trina. Think, I think you've put two and two together, okay. my friend. Nothing gets by you, Trina. I love it. So, Ken, <laughs> they're going to shoot you. <laughs> So Ken was lighting a cigarette. He never moved. He never said a word. Like I, if I'm going out, yeah, I'm going to take I'm my take Marlboro my with me. <laughs> oh, shit. So after he lit up his smarb or whatever it was, <laughs> McElroy was hit by two rounds. Glass shattered from the windows. Shots fired by separate weapons. So there were multiple mm-hmm. shootings mm-hmm. coming in. His blood rained down on the windshield. The bullet's momentum caused his foot to stomp the gas paddle, oh, pushing the engine into the into a high pitched whine, which would have just been like wow. really that crazy. That just adds to the chaos yes. of it all. <laughs> yes, someone actually pulled Trina out of the passenger seat, oh, and good. she was unhurt. Good. She was not. The, the The town just wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Ken McElroy. Yep. So, and they got him. This is the. <laughs> Not one person called an ambulance, although there were 60 witnesses at the scene. Later, the people standing around McElroy's truck would tell authorities they heard gunfire and ducked, but they never saw a shooter. I was going to ask you, please tell me that they were all like, I didn't see a thing. I don't know what happened. Cheryl Houston, the daughter of Bo Bowen Camp, the one that had gotten shot, she witnessed the shooting from her family store and quoted this. Once the shroud of silence fell, there was going to be no one talking. They could have pushed and dug pushed and dug, and got nothing. We were so bitter and angry at the law letting us down that it had come to some someone taking matters into their own hands. No one has any idea what a nightmare we, that we lived. So Trina McLeod, 
the now late wife right, of, right. The widow. of Ken. So she was telling anybody that would listen to her that she knew who the shooter was, a man by the name of Del Clement. He was a local resident. That he had shot her husband. So he was the only name that was ever actually identified like as a possible mm-hmm. um, person that was a shooter. She tried to tell federal investigators that this was, you know, I know this is the man. But no charges were ever filed because no one ever came forward Could as collaborate. a witness. Mm-hmm. No one... And this is the problem with being the town bully asshole. Uh huh. No one could say, yeah, I think it was him. And so nothing ever came of her, her claims. Her claims. And she actually went into hiding after the shooting. And she later, she did remarry and have more children. Okay. And she actually, in 2012, died at the age of oh. 55 on her birthday. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that horrible? Trina. Oh, so sorry. Or Trina, yes. I mean, I'm happy to hear she went on, and I hope it was well, but... The OCD in me, though, does kind of appreciate the born on and the death on the same day. It really is a spot on. I would be okay with that. Like, I had exactly 55 turns around the sun. I'm good now. No extra days. It was final. Yeah. The door closes. Okay, I I can appreciate that. But dang, that's yeah. poor Trina. She didn't live a long life either. No, 55. I mean, she went through so much trauma. She did. She went through a lot. So investigators could never really crack one person. Um, I love it. McLean said, um, another quote, the FBI couldn't get anyone to turn, not one. They get mobsters to turn on each other, but they couldn't get one of these farmers to turn. Whatever had been done might not have been morally right, but he needed killing. <laughs> Not a one of them <laughs> felt sorry for him. Not one of them felt bad. Somebody was going to get killed. It was either going to be him or somebody else. Right. So McLean actually stayed so long in Skidmore that he became part of the community. But he was, it was the time he was researching this book. So he was kind of threatened at times because he was covering all of this. I think they were worried about hit, you know, him finding out who did it. Yeah. But he did, I think... Become accepted by some of the the people, and it yeah, ended and up like, becoming one of them. We're going to trust that you aren't going to out the actual person that did this because it needed to be done, and because yes. the law wouldn't protect us. I also am irritated that the FBI came in to investigate this shitbag's death, but no, no one would step right? in and do anything in all the crimes that he was doing. Come exactly. on, exactly. I know that's such a good point. McLean actually said it was kind of an open secret that. Uh, the Stell Clement fired one of the shots that hit McElroy, mm-hmm. but he died but in 2009 we... without confessing. Ever. Okay, and also you don't know if multiple shots were fired, who's to say which one was fatal? Exactly, you just don't know. So he w- he did go on to say, "This is um, Harry McLean again. A good portion of the people have died." He said, "I wondered about the deathbed confession." He thought about someone leaving this world that might feel the need to clear their conscience about the shooting. I knew a lot of people who witnessed it, he said, but man, they died one after another. Not one person ever said a thing. (laughs) I love it. That American Legion. They didn't say a word. Telling you what, that meeting was strong. Isn't that Whatever happened at the American Legion that night was taken seriously. Oh, yeah. They made a deal with each other. A pact was made. Uh Uh-huh. And they did not. Good for them. I actually really like that no one broke that. Ever broke. You and know, it's crazy to me that like most of the people have died off that were a part of this, sure. and and everybody took it to their to grave. Their grave. Yeah, but, 
But I'm, I mean, but frankly, I'm sorry. What is a town to do? When you've exactly. got a menace running around and the law will not do anything, it was only a matter of time before he liter- he actually got away mm-hmm. with killing people. And all of these people were living in fear, just waiting for him to do that. Yeah. Just to kill someone, to kill one of their children, to kill, you know. Yes, a, a loved one. I mean, because in a town that small, everyone's related, everyone's connected, and, you, mm-hmm. you know, you love a loss is a loss, like, it's just that's terrible. Like, Not to mention, he's raping uh, children, exactly. assaulting women. I yeah, mean, it, mm-hmm. and there was two of and them killing for sure. dogs and killing dogs. There it is right there. I really don't believe that there was just two of these children that he raped either. I think oh, it was a habitual thing. Yeah, definitely. So I, I'm sure that that happened more than mm-hmm. than what I could find. Oh. Just a couple snippets too. This was interesting to me. So after Ken's death, his three wives that he was previously married to, their names we know of Trina, and then there was Sharon and Alice, they were all interviewed after his murder, and they really seemed to minimize their abuse during the interviews. Even after he was murdered. Even after he was murdered. Alice told People Magazine in an interview after Ken's death that he was totally different from what people were saying. She said he was wild, but he wasn't guilty of all the things that they say. Trina later stated in an interview that people were always harassing him, accusing him, accusing him of things that he didn't do. And she said, I know because I was with him. They just hated him because he wouldn't kneel down to them. But yet he was bragging about the 53 times that he was arrested. Right. And never, like, sweeties. Oh, abuse is such a horrible thing. And it's not, I don't think it's It's uncommon uncommon. to minimize abuse. But hearing these things, I was like, oh my gosh, they really either, you know, he had some kind of charm that they bought into or they were just so, so abused Mm -hmm. mentally. Manipulated. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought that was interesting that they all kind of were like, well, he wasn't that bad of a right. guy. Now, after he's dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there is some, there is that aspect, too, of, like, don't speak ill of the dead. And so it's like, yeah, he was a bad guy, but he wasn't that bad. People were harassing him, too. Yeah. Like, um, people weren't, until they actually had to carry out murdering him, which isn't right, but he was shooting people. Which also. Openly. If this is a, a maybe a case of like narcissistic abuse, because there's definitely yeah. some like power things, they could have very well believed that. Like, definitely. well, he was a victim. He's a victim. That very good you know? point. Very. And good I don't point. know if it, but I'm picking up You're on right. some as we well, so yeah, often with do. all his bragging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, so wow. that's that's the case. Everybody took it to their graves. Like that case has never that's been solved. Amazing. That and town I feel made so many weird ways because I've never not felt bad about somebody being murdered. But you've now made you've made me I tap know. into a different part of myself that I didn't know existed because there's not a single bit of me that feels bad that they offed him that to protect was, themselves. That was going to be my question for you um, because if I was a professor, I would take this case as an ethical dilemma yes. case of like, was the vigilante justice okay in this situation, right. or if they cold blooded murdered right. someone? You know, oh, that's so hard. You I, really did. I'm sorry, but at the child molestation, you lost me. And the dog. Yep. Between the dog and the children, those are my two weaknesses. I love me a good ethical dilemma debate, but I just, in in my heart of hearts after researching this, I cannot look at that town and say that they 
were wrong. Right. And that's they were protecting themselves. And that is a It was for the greater good in my eyes. It was, and that's a different I told you. I've tapped into a whole different part of myself that I didn't even know existed because I never thought that I would be um thinking this way. I was really ready to look at both sides of this when I started and I can't I cannot say that I would strongly debate that it was wrong. I can't Come at me if you will. I but know. It's, I just, it's hard. He was raping children. He was raping And getting children. away with it openly. He was and bragging taking, about it. He and shot s- two people. Right. And, you know, the sheriff was even scared of him. The, right. This town had to do what something. Were they go- Numbers was the only thing that was going to be able to take out down this burly pork chop wearing motherfucker. Like, <laughs> That's exactly. That is the only thing. This so, is crazy. Isn't Jim, it? shout out to Jim for suggesting this, is this case. An intense case. Bring us some more, buddy. Absolutely. And it's one of those two, like I said, you're like, did this really, how did yeah. this really happen? Yeah. But it did. Actually, um, I forgot to mention that Skidmore, they, um, it, the town still, still is going. They actually have a population these days that hovers around 250. So it's still a oh, tiny it's little even town. smaller. Yep. Oh, dang. The town okay. is still going. We're bringing it to the map with our little podcast right now. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure what else remains there because I did read that the bank closed, the cafe closed, and the grocery store closed. Oh, shit. And the gas station. But there's still people. The next time, town is about 15 miles away. Okay. And most people go there for their needs is, sure. is what I read. So It's not not too, so different from some of our little towns no, around here. No, we have a couple not, of those little yeah. towns, too. But there's about 250 people that still live there wow. today. Oh, okay. Isn't that wow. a doozy? That is. I'm, my mind is blown. And mine was, too. I was like, wow, this guy was horrible. I really liked this case. I did, too. I enjoyed researching it. I can see why. Um, I, I thought it was really good, so... That's Are you nice ready for little, a brain bath? We forgot to wish everybody a happy 4th of July, because I do believe this case is really... Oh, this yeah. was a nice little like, a little holiday treat yes, for you. it was. Something happy a little 4th. different. It's a gift to the world. Happy 4th. I hope I'm... Independence Day. Independent. They, they took their... <gasps> oh, my gosh. There it, it is. Wrapping it up in a nice, neat, tidy little bow, they Amber. They took their independence back. They so did. We happy, celebrate this. Happy Independence Day. I unknowingly... Picked a case that was perfect for this holiday weekend. That's how good we are. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Here at Crime Curious. We think ahead without even having to think. Without even thinking. (laughs) Oh, that's a good quote for us. We should write that It really is. (laughs) We think ahead without even thinking. (laughs) We're rarely thinking. (laughs) Yes. To be honest. I love it. So, I have a a great uh, brain bath for you today. Okay. The title, it just pulls you right in at the beginning. Over $1,000 falls out of alleged drug dealer's butt in county jail. Oh, a That's thousand? a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be in a crevice. It really is. Hopefully it was large bills, I'm just saying. Oh. Um, we don't want a lot of ones. Could be bulky. <laughs> he was hitting up the strip club yes. later. It was all so, $1 bills. Police in Marion County, Florida... Oh, Florida. Oh, we love Florida. So they pulled over 26-year-old pa- Patreon, Patreon Stokes for Mr. speeding. Stokes. Oh. So he was speeding. All right. Um, well, probably because he had money in his ass and he needed to get that out. I'd be speeding, I too. I would accelerate a bit, too. If Sometimes I was... when I'm close to home and I have to poop, I have to speed a little bit because, <laughs> you know, it's probably the same thing. But imagine having $1,000 in know, there on top of that. That's even more exciting. Yes. 
<laughs> so after they pulled him over, they apparently smelled marijuana. They searched his car. They found a bunch of drugs, specifically meth, crack, and heroin. Yikes. And some money. It's like the big three hanging yeah. up in there. I mean, talk about jackpot for yeah, a search. No kidding. He had all of the things. Um, including money and in his and some money. So they took him into custody. But when they arrived at the station, the money was gone. Weird. It was a short-lived mystery. Money started falling out of his backside in the form of $20 bills. Okay, oh, okay so that answers ever... the question. <laughs> Ouch. This... 20s? That's a lot. This kills me. <laughs> it says like he was some kind of gastrointestinal ATM. <laughs> Gold. That is the, my favorite quote I've oh, ever had. yes. Thank you for that. So, according Why to... Why couldn't I marry someone that's a gastrointestinal ATM? Shit. Talk about life dreams. Yeah. <laughs> according to a Facebook post from the Marion County Sheriff's Office, quote, after a necessary but undesirable process for everyone involved, <laughs> MCSO detention deputies located $1,090 in U.S. What? Currency hidden in Stokes rectum. Wow. I love how they're like, it was unpleasant for everyone yes. involved. No one enjoyed themselves. So, yeah, it wasn't even just a thousand, it was 1,090. So, there in was a 10. $20 bill. There was either a 10 <laughs> or a couple fives in there. Or some ones. Could have been. Could have been some ones. Oh, shoot. That was a good Ouch. one. I really how appreciated it. I, I like that. You're so good at the butt ones. I do find a lot of butt ones for some, some reason. Good. It's like now all of a sudden your phone just knows you and it knows what to push. Butt, butt story. Yep, she likes, she clicks on these butt stories a lot. My brain baths are just turning into like Anal. butt baths. They are. They're butt baths. Anal, <laughs> Anal baths. Oh, shit. Well, oh, we hope you enjoyed you. that. Thank you for that. Um, I just said thank you to myself, I think. <laughs> you did. Thank you, Amber. Amber's, <laughs> while she continues to congratulate herself on being master of the brain baths, oh. um, we will let you guys know we're still looking for a student intern. So email us at crimecurious at yahoo.com. Follow us on social media. We post all of our funny pictures on there and also Pictures of our cases, yes. not just funny ones. And that's a dick move. That sounded horrible. But <laughs> anyway, and uh, yeah, keep it curious, guys. Keep it curious. A, a Reasonably. Curious, yes. as we usually, as now we've decided we're going to say. Keep it cautiously curious yes. and keep your money out of your butt. And yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye.